0: You won't don't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of Titus, the New Testament book of Titus, and Titus chapter number one, the book of Titus and chapter number one. We're continuing with our pastoral epistles and we've spent the last couple of weeks dealing with the book of 1 Timothy and exploring who Timothy was, that Timothy was Paul's son in the faith and that he was his right-hand man, a great person to be trusted with many things, including the church of Ephesus. And then this morning we were introduced to Paul's other son of the faith, Titus. And we took some time to describe Titus from the Bible, talking about how he came to know the Lord, about his work in Corinth. And now, as we come to the book of Titus, we find him in the island of Crete. And that we could see as Paul described Titus, that he was his partner and fellow helper. And praise the Lord for someone that was trusted to be in the ministry. Now we're going to find out what was it that Titus was trusted to do? Why was he put on the island of Crete? And for that, we'll find our answer in the book of Titus in chapter number one. The book of Titus in chapter number one, and notice with me, if you don't mind, in Titus chapter one, and let's pick it up in verse number five. Titus chapter one in verse five. For this cause I left thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. If any, be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly. For a bishop must be blameless. As the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine to both exhort and to convince the gainsayers. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Titus in chapter number one? The book of Titus in chapter number one. And notice the instructions that Paul gave to Titus here in verse number five ordain elders in every city. Ordain elders in every city. And with the Lord's help, we'd like to explore the instructions of what Titus was supposed to do and how was he supposed to accomplish this goal, to ordain elders in every city. If you don't mind, let's take some time and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God, and I'm so excited about this message. And I'm just asking that it would show forth the excitement, the passion, the direction, but... It wouldn't be me, that you would set me aside in anything that I want to get accomplished, anything that I have a desire to do, and that it would be you directing, it'd be you moving, it'd be you prompting, and that we can also accomplish What you have set us forth to do in this area because of the guidelines in the Bible that we see. I'm asking that this would almost be a new chapter, a new step, a new direction, a new vision for us as we continue to try to move forward in what you would have us to do. And I know that's a lot to get accomplished, but that is something very easy for your Holy Spirit. And so I'm asking that not only would you allow me to be a Spirit-filled preacher, But you would also allow these good folks to be spirit-filled listeners. As we go up to you together, Lord, the best that we know how, we're surrendering their ears, their minds, their hearts. That they would set aside anything that would be a distraction. And that they would listen with spiritual ears. And that you would give them spiritual sight. That you would open their eyes that they may see. And that we would see together what you would like to get accomplished within our local area. We love you and in Jesus name we pray. Amen. The Apostle Paul is sent Titus to the island of Crete and he said it there. For a specific purpose. If you don't mind, let's see this purpose in verse number five. For this cause I set thee in Crete. So he's in the island of Crete. Crete, by the way, is an island in the Mediterranean Sea. I think if I remember the statistics right, it is the 77th largest island of the world, the fourth largest island of the Mediterranean Sea. It's a pretty decent size island. And in here, Paul has set Timothy and notice what he is supposed to do that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting so in the island of Crete there are things that need to be set in order there are some things that in the island of Crete that are out of order And things that need to be put in its proper place, in the proper alignment, the way that God desired to do that. Now, how in the world is he supposed to set things in order? Is he supposed to take a sign and yell and scream? Uh, How in the world does he set things in order? Well, the Bible gives us instructions in verse 5. For this cause I set thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city. As I have appointed thee. So we understand. How is the society of Crete going to get fixed? Good old-fashioned Bible-believing churches. And behind each one of those Bible-believing churches, appointed preachers to preach the word of God. In every city in the island of Crete, this was the instruction to set things in order. They need a good church. You know, a good church is worth going to. A good church can change society. It could change the area. It could change lives because the Bible can do its work. And so we could see that the Apostle Paul has set Titus here for the purpose of ordaining elders into every city. Now, once again, we see that this is for the purpose of setting things in order. In order to set things in order, churches and pastors need to be placed in every city. The next question is, how is that done? Well, that's a good question. Well, if you don't mind to hold your finger here and let's see the answer that is given in the historical record in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, I'd like to show you a couple of things that lead up to the premise that I'm showing you that we understand that local churches need to be established. And the question is, how do you establish a local church? Do you put a little seed in the ground and put it to water and you give it some sunlight and eventually a church grows up? How do you get a local church? How do you get a church that's founded and set so that's strong enough to set things in order into its community? Notice, if you don't mind, in the book of Acts in chapter number 13, what we find is the apostle Paul is serving in the church of Antioch. Notice with me in Acts 13 and notice with me in verse 1. Acts 13 and verse 1. Now there were in this church <laughs> that was in at, or sorry that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manan, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered unto the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul. Notice this, for the work whereunto I have called them. So in Acts chapter 13, we see the Holy Ghost has sent Paul and has sent Barnabas to a specific work to be accomplished. Notice with me in the book of Acts chapter 14 at the very end of the chapter, and I'd like to show you something here. In Acts chapter 14, we can see that Paul and Barnabas went out and they accomplished what we call the first missionary journey as Paul began to travel around... (laughs) Uh, Asia and begin to do something special. Notice with me in Acts chapter 14, and notice in verse 26, and thence sailed to Antioch from whence they, this is Paul and Barnabas, they had been recommended to the grace of God, notice this, for the work which they fulfilled. So what we see in Acts chapter 13, that Paul and Barnabas are sent to a work To accomplish a work. In Acts chapter 14 we could see they fulfilled. They accomplished the work that God wanted them to do. So it stands to reason that somewhere between the beginning of Acts 13 and the end of Acts 14 they accomplished the work. Can we find it? And the answer is yes that the Bible gives us a list of what needs to be accomplished to establish the work. Notice with me in Acts chapter four and verse, or sorry, Acts 14 and verse 21. And let's see these things that Titus who is in the island of Crete is supposed to do. What is it that Paul has sent Titus to do? What is the pattern that Titus is supposed to get accomplished? Notice with me in verse number 21. It says in Acts chapter 14 and verse 21, and when they preached the gospel to that city, So the very first thing that Titus and a missionary and a church planter is supposed to do when they go to a community is to preach the gospel. This is going to be an easy outline, by the way. It's right in the text. They preach, the out, they preach the gospel. So the very first thing when a missionary, a church planter, Titus is supposed to establish in every city is for people to go into that city and begin to preach the gospel. What is the gospel, by the way? It is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. To understand that Jesus <coughs> died for our sins. He was buried on a borrowed tomb. And then he rose again the third day. And when he rose again, it proved two things. It proved that, first of all, that Jesus was God. And it proved that God was satisfied with the payment that Jesus made. And then when the gospel is preached, people accept the gospel and they become, what we say, saved. They are forgiven of their sins. They no longer owe God the dead of hell anymore, again. And so, uh, Paul and Barnabas, as they went to city to city to city, the very first thing they did when they got to a city Was to preach the gospel. What is Titus supposed to do in establishing local churches in the island of Crete? To to preach the gospel. And the pattern that we're supposed to follow. And that we expect uh, church planters to follow. And evangelist missionaries. To preach the gospel when they get to a community. But... That's not all they do. Notice, if you don't mind, as we continue in verse number 21, we could see a second thing that they are supposed to get accomplished. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, notice this, and had taught many. And had taught many. What we see here is that they begin to teach many. We would call this discipleship. Discipleship. What is discipleship? Well, I define discipleship as developing the habit Of obedience to Christ. Discipleship is developing the habit of obedience to Christ. That everything that we do in the Christian life is habits. You get in the habit of going to church. You get in the habit of praying. You get in the habit of giving. You get in the habit of reading your Bible. You get in the habit of witnessing. That everything in the Christian life is habits. And then what discipleship does is allow someone to go with you and help you develop those habits of obedience to Jesus Christ. To help people move on. To teach them what you're supposed to do to follow the Lord. That we're not satisfied with just people getting saved. We want them to not only become saved, we want them to serve. And that is accomplished by discipleship. Teaching people how to get in the habit of obedience to Christ. Well, as we come to the book of Acts, we see the first thing that a missionary, an evangelist, what the apostle Paul did, what Titus is expected to do, what we're expected to do, is go to an area and begin to preach the gospel. The second thing is that they taught many. They discipled them. Notice as we continue on in verse 22, we see a third thing that was expected to be done. Notice with me in verse number 22. Confirming the souls of the disciples confirming the souls of the disciple. The word uh, confirming carries the idea of accountability. It was to make sure that the disciples were being obedient. You know, there's something about accountability that if someone's asking you how's your Bible reading, it helps you to, to obey your Bible reading, to be continuing in your Bible reading if you know someone cares. It's almost like going to the gym. It's much easier to go to a gym consistently with a partner than to go by yourself. Because we all have days where we're like, I don't want to work out today. But if you have someone who's going with you and providing accountability, well, it helps you to continue to move forward even in the days that you don't feel like it. Accountability is important to make sure that someone's in the habit of obedience to Christ. We understand that as someone is going through discipleship, that if they don't develop the habit of obedience to Christ, discipleship's going to hurt them. They're going to have more information and no obedience, and they're just going to do nothing. They have to develop the habit. For the way that we do discipleship here is that our discipleship uh, series is Uh, broken up into little blocks and the first block is the word of God and they cannot move past that first block until they've developed the habit of reading their Bible for themselves if they're struggling with their Bible reading we can't move on because if they won't obey the Bible reading then the rest of it's not going to fall in order after that, we have the block of prayer that we work with them and provide accountability to help them develop their prayer life. And if they don't develop their prayer life, we can't move on until that is established. It's providing accountability. That's confirming the souls of the saints. It's because we care for them. You see, it's not about education. It's about influence. It's not the idea of just giving them facts and figures. Here's a lesson on prayer. Here's this. Read it and then sign it. But we are confirming them. Making sure that they've developed the habit for themselves. Providing accountability because we care. And then the rest of our discipleship is just like that. That they have to have the habit or we can't move on. (coughs) And it's working with them. They confirm the souls of the saints. Notice if you don't mind... In verse number 22, as it continues with that thought, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting. This has the idea of building them up to continue in the faith. Part of that accountability is that you continue to exhort them, to build them up, to continue. Because like anything, it's fun at the very beginning. Then you realize, hey, this is work and you're going to have to be encouraged to continue. It's easy for people to start something. It is very hard for them to finish it. You could probably look at your own life and say, yeah, I've started this project, started this project, started this project. But how many projects have you finished? Well, how do you finish discipleship? How do you continue with it? by having accountability, by someone checking, encouraging, continue. You're going to have to continue in your Christian life. Don't give up. You're going to have to develop this. Notice in verse 22 with this still idea of providing accountability, confirming the souls of the saints. Verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must, must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. We understand that living the Christian life is not easy. The closer you get with God, the more persecution you're going to get. And people often will quit as soon as things become hard, become inconvenient. Providing that accountability keeps people to encourage them, to exhort them, to confirm them, so they continue to go on when it's no longer exciting to read your Bible when it's no longer exciting. And God works with you to break through those barriers. But that's part of that accountability, to help people establish it, realizing that it's not always going to be puppy dogs and unicorns and and rainbows, but it's going to be hard times. It's going to be times where you don't feel like you're reading your Bible and you read it anyways. It's going to be times where you don't feel like praying, and you're supposed to pray anyways, to continue to go in your Christian life. That's part of that accountability until you have developed the habit for yourself of obedience to Christ. Now, after this, so we understand that Paul has established and has gone through and preached the gospel. As he preached the gospel, he began to disciple them. He taught many. Then he confirmed the souls of the saints, he went back and made sure that they were being obedient. He gave them accountability to double-check that they were moving forward and being obedient to what things that were given. Then notice a fourth thing that the Apostle Paul did in his missionary journeys that we expect Titus to do what we expect missionaries to do. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number 23. And when they ordained them elders in every church... Here we come to the fourth thing here. They're to ordain elders. Ordain elders. By the way, that was the same exact thing that Paul told Titus to do to ordain elders in every city. We'll get into back to Titus in just a moment. We're just still here at Acts. But this is what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to win people to the Lord. Then they were supposed to disciple them. And as they disciple them, they provide accountability. Now as people have graduated discipleship and begin to teach others, there is going to be some of those people that are called unto God for a work. And training preachers for the ministry. To be able to train them how to pastor a church. How to work. And from those local people. To be able to train someone to take that local work. And establish a church. To be able to train and ordain elders. Which we come now to the fifth thing. If you don't mind. Notice with me. (laughs) In verse number 23. And when they had ordained them. Elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. So now they established a local church, they trained a pastor to oversee that work. And then they took their hands off the work, gave it to God, and walked away and allowed that church to depend on God themselves instead of the Apostle Paul, instead of Titus, instead of the American missionary, to take a local group of people, to win them to the Lord, disciple them, provide accountability from those local people, to ordain, to train up an elder, train up a pastor, to take the work, then to walk away, to take their hands off, And then go do it again somewhere else. This is what a missionary is supposed to do. This is what Paul did. This is what Titus is supposed to do in the island of Crete. And this is the pattern for us to follow. That we here are supposed to go to a community. Win them to the Lord. Disciple. Provide them accountability. Ordain elders. Establish a local church. Take our hands off. And go do it again. This is the pattern to follow. So with that... Let's go back to the book of Titus and notice with me in the book of Titus in chapter number one and let's go back and see this idea what Titus is supposed to do and how he's supposed to do it. Notice with me in Titus chapter 1 and verse 5. For this cause I left thee in Crete. That thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting. So there are things in Crete that need to be set in order. How are they going to set it in order? To ordain elders in every city. To establish local churches. To train preachers. To take those churches. As I, the Apostle Paul, appointed thee Titus. And then we go through a list of what... Titus is supposed to train these preachers to be. What is their character? Now we have a similar list in the book of 1 Timothy so I'm not going to spend a lot of time defining each of these. Notice in verse 6. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a Lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate. Let me pause here. This same list is given in 1 Timothy, which we took time before to define and describe. So Titus is supposed to take men and train them with these qualities, with these characteristics, to set them to be pastors of the churches in the island of Crete. But notice, if you don't mind, in verse number nine, this is something that's a little bit different than the list in 1 Timothy. Notice this, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he, the pastor, the elder that's going to be trained, that he may be able by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. The gainsayers is those that contradict so what we could see here is that Titus is supposed to train these young men, not only in character, but he's supposed to train them in the Word of God, just like he was trained, so that way they could stand on the Word of God. And when people come to contradict him and try to, try to fight against him, they can say, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. And go back to the Bible, not their thoughts, not their opinions, not what they think. But to know what they believe and why they believe it and tie it to the word of God and say, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible supposed to do. By the way, this could be accomplished by having a Bible institute. Paul had a Bible institute in the city of Ephesus for the space of two and a half years that Paul taught in the school of one Tyrannus, daily um, teaching. And guess what? All of the Asia Minor, which is the place uh, the country of Turkey, heard the gospel because Paul established a Bible institute to train men and women for the ministry, to establish, to train pastors so they can go and become the pastors of each of these churches. This is what Titus was supposed to do, to teach them a sound doctrine. Now go back to verse five. <laughs> All of that was preparatory work. I want to show you the application for us. Notice with me in verse number five. For this cause I left thee in Crete, this is an island in the Aegean Sea, in the Mediterranean Sea, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders, notice this, in every city as I had pointed thee. The island of Crete stretched 160 miles long and was at average about 37 miles wide. If we were to put an equivalent, it would be from Green Bay to the northern part of Milwaukee, from (laughs) Lake Michigan, all the way up to the corridor uh, uh, on the east side of Lake Winnebago. So that's how big the island is, from Green Bay to northern um, (coughs) Milwaukee, from Lake Michigan, all the way up to the line about Lake Winnebago. That's the size of the island. And on that island are 60 plus cities. And the Apostle Paul said, Titus, he said, Titus, I got to go take care of some other things, but I'm trusting you because you're my partner. You're my fellow helper to establish, to ordain elders, to establish local churches in every city. Titus, your job is to start 60 churches, one for every city. Now, we know the basic formula is that they're supposed to go in there, win people to the Lord, disciple them, give them accountability, (laughs) ordain elders, and then go do another one and that we could train these local uh, young men by a local hub of a Bible institute where we train them and send them out and begin to establish. Do You know that from the corridor from Green Bay to Milwaukee, from <laughs> Lake Michigan to the other side, we have plenty of communities that need a local church. And you know what God would like us to do to, in order to set things in order? What God would like us to do is follow the same thing, to ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. And we could do that through this local church. We could be praying now that God would establish churches in Ashwabanon, in Bellevue, Black Creek, Chiactin, <coughs> Twin Rivers. All of these cities need a local church and a local church where the young men are trained correctly. Now, we know that Titus had a different personality than Paul, but he had the same doctrine and the same philosophy, and it could be done, and it's expected to be done. If we're going to change our society, if we are going to reach people for the Lord, if we're going to do what we're expected to do, this is something that can be accomplished. But it starts with a step. You say, What step? Well, what would happen if each person in here took one of these villages, cities, towns, and made it their city, made it their town, and made it their purpose to pray every day? For example, I'll, I've been praying for Ashwabanon, to pray for Ashwabanon that We could reach souls to get saved. And from those people in Ashwabedon, That there would be some people to begin to be discipled. And from those people we provide accountability. We watch them grow. They're going to keep with the stuff. And maybe pray that God can raise up someone to be a preacher. And then from this local church to establish a Bible institute. Where we could train that young men. And young ladies as well to assist. To go and establish churches. What if through this local church, we set up a storefront in Ashwaubenon? We found a, a storefront that no one's using. For example, on the corner of Cormier and Oneida, there's an empty storefront. And that God, we could pray, because God owns a cattle of a thousand hills, and allow us to rent that facility. And maybe on a Thursday night, an off night, that we could begin to preach in that storefront on Oneida and Cormier, and begin to reach some of the people. They start coming on a Thursday night. We start leading them to the Lord. Some of them will come to this campus here. Others will not, but we begin to disciple them. And as we begin to disciple them, we help provide accountability. And next thing you know, they're getting the place where they could start discipling someone else. And from that gr- group of people is that that little thing begins to grow that maybe there's a young man who gets a heart for the Ashwabanon area. Maybe they come and say, I need to be trained. Maybe one of them that we led to the Lord wants to be trained. And next thing you know, that work begins to grow. Disciples begin to teach other disciples and they begin to move forward. And then we plant a church. We ordain a pastor of the church in Ashwabanon. We take our hands off. Now they're self supporting, self sustaining. And we go do it again. We go to Shy acton on the other side of us and begin to pray. Someone's been praying for shy acton Someone gets a heart and they've been praying that someone will get saved there. Someone will be discipled there. Some pastor, young man will get a heart for that place. And we get a storefront on a Thursday and maybe that young man begins to teach on that Thursday. And we got another young man teaching in Bellevue and another young man teaching in Twin Rivers and another young man teaching over in Pulaski. Doesn't that sound like we could reach our area? And would it hurt Green Bay to have a church in every village? Would it hurt the area and the Fox Valley to have from the place of Green Bay down to Milwaukee (laughs) from Lake Michigan all the way up to the eastern side of Lake Winnebago to have 60 churches with our doctrine and our philosophy, philosophy established that believe like we do and behave like we do. They may have a different personality than me, but they have the same Bible belief and the same philosophy. What philosophy? That they believe that it's their idea to go win people to the Lord, disciple them, provide accountability to train other preachers and establish local churches. Don't you see how we can see this whole community change? This whole area changed? And this is exactly what Titus was supposed to do, that he was supposed to start a church, ordained a pastor in every city. 60 cities plus to establish. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And this isn't a pipe dream. This is just something that was expected to be done in that world. And God expects us to do too, still. So what do we do with this? Well, start praying for a community. This is what I want to challenge you with. That you, as our folks here, I want you to adopt a community. Make it your community. That you take and you pray for it. And you pray for it every day. You put it in your prayer journal. And every day you pray for it. God. Establish a church in Howard. God establish a church in Oneida. God establish a church in East of Pier. God establish a church in Kimberley. God establish a church in <coughs> Kiwani. God establish a church in Kakana. And make it your community. There's plenty of communities. There's plenty to share. You don't have to worry about doubling up. And pray. Until it happens. Don't you think God would hear and answer our prayers if we prayed like that? Don't you think that's something practical? And then, while we're praying, that we take our part and doing what we're supposed to do. Winning people to the Lord. Participating in discipleship. Whether you're in discipleship or you're discipling. You're in part of that thing. Providing accountability in discipleship. And then, we're expecting young people to surrender themselves to follow after the Lord. And we see local churches established. This is the plan of God. This is what God wants to be done. You say, well, then we're never going to get to a church of a thousand. I don't want to be a church of a thousand. You know, back in the old synagogue days for the Jewish people, as soon as they got 10 families, they would start another synagogue. And then as soon as that filled up with 10 families, they would start another synagogue. They try to keep it smaller so they could reach their communities and, and do a better job interacting. What does that mean for us? All I'm saying is that I would like to start church after church after church after church. Hey, If we have a bunch of people living in one area, why not pray for a pastor, train them up, and then have all those people go to that church and help them out? I heard of a pastor who s- s- did the same thing. And what he did, kind of like I said about the Thursday night um, things, <laughs> maybe a, a group of people are interested in that community and they start showing up to that Thursday night meeting and listening to that young man and to support him, and to cheer him, give him six months and say, you know, whether you could tolerate him or not. Why not? And say, we're supporting you. We're going to make it ours. You see... These things can be done. When Paul set Titus in the island of Crete, by the way, we'll describe the culture of Crete on Wednesday, and it will be surprise you what those type of people are like. He said, I'm putting you here to set things in order. I'm putting you here to ordain elders in every city. Titus, I'm trusting you for you to establish 60 churches. I'm going to go take care of these other ones. Good luck praying for you. He didn't put Titus there to say, "All right, well, you know, you know, do what you can." He said, "No, I'm trusting you to get the job done." How does the job get done? Winning people to the Lord, disciple them, confirming the souls of the saints, providing accountability, <laughs> establishing elders, and then taking your hands off and going doing it again. God's plan is so simple. And the reason why things aren't getting done is because we don't follow God's plan. So again, what do I want you to do? I want you to make a community yours. I want you to be so real that when I ask you on Wednesday, you could tell me what community you're praying for. That God would establish a local church there. And that make it your community that you're praying for. you're, You're burdened for it. You look at it on a map and you're praying for those people there. Don't you think if we did that, that God would do something? Don't you think if we prayed to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors in the harvest field? Absolutely. Do you think this is something that's accomplishable? Yes. Do you think it's something that's biblical? Do you think it's something that's simple? Then with it being simple, biblical, and accomplishable, let's do it. (laughs)